Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Happy New Year. It's New Year's Day. What was that? that was, was, was that a shofar? <laughs> <laughs> that was like a, one of those like noisemakers that you would see on New Year's. That was a that's not a like noisemaker. So not yet. Yeah, that was better. The first one was a straight up shofar. And if you don't know what it is, look it up. Let's get into it, Vito. Happy New Year. I'm Vito Khaleesi. That's Jonathan Barron. This is Future of Flushing, and this is the new year. This is going to be a very short episode. If not, if it's not a short episode, you know who to look at. I got I to gotta run in like 15 <laughs> minutes, so I'm going to have to do what I can here. But all we wanted to do real quick was just kind of look at, back at this year and talk about some of our favorite moments from the Mets minor league system as well as our year. And, uh, John, I'm going to let you go first. What is your favorite moment not your favorite but like what's just one standout moment for this year for you well this is kind of a draft almost in a way we have a bunch of moments memories and i honestly didn't prep for this you can't do anything with this guy without it being related to sports in some way even a sports podcast even a sports podcast all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna give a a cheesy one the first future of flushing episode we did back in june Vito and i had this idea to do this mets minor league podcast around a year ago this time um there was a lot of work a lot of decks a lot of conversations that went into it eventually We got off the ground, got ourselves a logo, got ourselves a stream, got ourselves a great listener base. And, um, you know, it's it's really great to look back. I was actually looking through the stream on podcast, the app, and just how many episodes we did. A lot. We did a lot of episodes because there was a lot to talk about from the Mets player development system. So that's my first one. I know there's more specific ones, but I'm just proud of what we did, honestly. That's your first pick in the draft? That's my first pick. My first pick of the draft is the birth of John's daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. June 17th. So this came up a couple nights I just, ago. That, see, that's how you draft guys, because you know what I'm going to do? Later on, I'm going to trade John, the birth <laughs> of his daughter, for like three major moments in this season. <laughs> this guy's got me pinned. He's got me by the, by the draft assets. Um, but, I mean, forget – I mean, not, not forget the birth of my daughter. But in terms of future of flushing, so my, my daughter was born on Saturday the 17th of June. The next night, we're in the recovery room. My wife is like trying to go to sleep at 7 p.m. I'm like, Shauna, we got we to gotta keep the lights on because it's Sunday and we got to talk about Daniel Juarez's Invisible. So uh, <laughs> we did, I, I did do an episode live from the hospital. But, you know, that just kind of goes into commitment to the craft. And this is a, this is a snake draft, so I'm going to go again now. Go ahead. And uh, I'm going to pick the uh, – I think I'm going to go with the Rumble Ponies playoff push. I think mm. watching the Rumble Ponies go for that playoff spot because – Towards the end of the year, we were just hoping they'd come in second place to clinch that spot because they right. just needed that. 
because of the uh, it was the Somerset Patriots who already won the, the first correct. the first half correct. And then we got to watch the Rumble Ponies go on such a tear that they didn't they blew past second place. They actually took first place and got into the playoffs with ease. Look, it didn't end the way that we all wished it would, but it was just really incredible to watch that team come together. And um, there's another moment that really leads into that that is not – that's technically another thing. So, John, if you want to pick that next because it's a smooth transition. I'm going to go with the trade deadline. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, the trade deadline was was – it was a lot of fun, especially for this podcast in particular. Yeah. Um, so much great talent acquired by the Mets at this time. It started with the David Robertson trade that happened during a rain delay – that we found out when he was warming up and stopped warming up. Next thing you know, the Mets had acquired Marco Vargas and Ronald Hernandez, two very elite players. Two of our biggest episodes. Two of our biggest episodes for good reason. They both had incredible years in the complex league for the Marlins, came over seamlessly. We saw both of them play when we went down to Port St. Lucie after they had both been promoted to the Florida State League. One's a catcher slash first baseman. Vargas plays up the middle, a shorthanded infielder. Both get on base, both walk. They both hit. They both came over together. They had funny stories about the moment they found out they were traded. So then you have the trade with Max Scherzer going. Luis Angel Acuna, an incredible athlete coming in, guy that plays second short center field, just like Jet Williams. And, of course, the Justin Verlander deal netting the Mets, both Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford. So many great things to say about those guys. And don't forget the Tommy Pham trade that netted the Mets, Jeremy Rodriguez, who after the DSL Mets got their hands on him, he absolutely took off. He was a bonus baby. By that, we mean he got a million-dollar-plus signing bonus in the 2023 uh, international free agent class. He was fantastic. So Jeremy Rodriguez, another one of the many great gets by the Mets that really beefed up the Mets player development system in many, many eyes, a top 10, even top five system. A lot of it has to do with the trade deadline. I'm sorry if I was long-winded there. No, no, that was fine. Now it's a snake draft, so you get to go again real quick. All right, I get to go again. I'm going to go with our trip to Arizona. Oh, dude, I was going to pick. I seriously was going to pick Arizona next. I'm sorry. I'm so That's what happens in a snake draft, this, you know? This is thrilling. This is. This is good. But, yeah, we went to the Arizona Fall League uh, October 24th to October 29th. We had a great time. Number one, the weather in Arizona is the best. We fell in love with Arizona. The mountains are purple. They've got a hockey arena that seats 5,000 people, and an NHL team plays there. We got to go check that out. We did. But most importantly, we got to watch some good baseball and spend some time with some good baseball players, both on and off the field. We learned a lot about these guys. It was a great experience for them to hang out with us. We kind of did a little stuff away from the field, as you guys have seen. If not, check it out on the Mets YouTube page. But, yeah, our Arizona Fall League trip was so memorable, so much fun. Shout out to those guys for making it even better for us. Yeah, it was, that was an amazing trip. And if you live in Arizona or in the area, go check out those games because it's so unique. It's such a different kind of way to watch baseball. And uh, you're going to see you're gonna see some of the future stars of the game. So just 100% go check out the Arizona Fall League. Uh, all right, so for my pick, I'm going to go with that Tyler Stewart streak of not giving up anything more than two earned runs. 16 straight. 16 straight. That was just such a thrill to watch. John and I, as you know, we do this podcast every night, and it was so much fun to catch up every night and um, just talk throughout these guys' games because we would be pretty tuned in on the MLB TV app, just texting constantly about, like, oh, Tyler looks good tonight, like, we're keeping it up, and then it was fun to reflect on it each night. So, all right, so I have another pick here. No, no, I get to go. Right? Okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. Because it's snake draft. draft. I, I know right. what you're going to take. Do you? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to pick Luke Voigt. Okay, that's not what I was going to go okay, with. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt showing up, batting with the sleeves off, was just one of the most fun. I know what you're going to pick now. Was one of the most no, fun moments. Okay, no, I, 
well, it was one of the most fun moments of the minor league season to the point that the Syracuse Mets even made a sleeveless Luke Voigt jersey. We got to talk to some of the guys about that who were there for it, and they even said it was a blast to see. So that was just my favorite, one of my favorite moments. Then he hit like a 430-foot home run that night to cap it off. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go off the board here. I went AFL. Now I'm going PSL trip, which we did back in September, early September. Now this was really cool because this was a trip that we got to focus on a lot of the new draftees from the 2023 class. That was awesome, especially getting to talk to guys like Colin Houck, uh, AJ Ewing, Boston Barrow. Two of the interviews we brought up before with uh, Marco Vargas and Ronald Hernandez. Marco Vargas, Ronald Hernandez. Uh, the list goes on and on. Vito's boy, Nick Morabito, Nick LaRusso, a Big Ten guy like myself. We got to talk to Nolan McClain. Nolan McClain, two-way player, definitely a guy Mets fans should know about. It was, it was a really, really fun trip, and, and it really opened my eyes to how old I am talking to a lot of these guys that oh, were, God. I mean, seriously. They didn't know Space Jam. They didn't know Space Jam. They knew Space Jam 2. They didn't know Space Jam 1. I know, and that, it was really kind of an eye-opener, but a lot of great conversations. Um, you know, obviously the Mets scouting, the entire team of scouts did such a great job bringing in so much good talent, um, and there's a lot of excitement around that draft class, and it was really cool for us to get to spend some time with those guys, get to know them, see how hard they're working down, even after their season ended in the Complex League, just putting in the work to get better each and every day, kind of like us. Yeah. What was your number two? You get two picks. I have another pick. Um, hmm. What do we have here? All right. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Luke Ritter. Luke Ritter is a guy that I I'm really really hopeful for in 2024. A guy that hit 27 home runs between Double A AA and Triple A this season. Had a three homer game back in May, and the Mets front office said we have seen enough. He was promoted the next day to AAA. He kept on hitting. A guy that can play everywhere. We had a really good conversation with him. Ritter the hitter. Unfortunately, it's Kansas City Chiefs stumbling upon some tough times right now. I don't, I don't feel bad for you, Luke. You've seen enough Super Bowls. <laughs> I have seen no Super Bowls. I will never see a Super Bowl. But yeah, Luke Ritter had a real breakout season, power-wise especially. A college bat from Wichita State. Like I said, can play all over the place. Hopefully he gets his chance in the major leagues this year. But it was a shame. I kind of feel like I jinxed him because we were talking about 30 home runs, 30 home runs, 30 home runs, and then he suffers the oblique injury that ended his season. If not for the oblique, Vito, he was going to hit 35. I know. That, that's what I'm thinking. You know what's crazy? You talked about the Chiefs and how the Jets will mm -hmm. not win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You listen to this podcast. I said quite a few times the Jets were winning a Super Bowl this year, and I wasn't. I was saying it like tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, yeah, just in jest. He actually believed it. But I didn't believe it. It was just fun to say to everybody that confetti – confetti on our shoulders all right my first of my two picks because of the snake draft number one it's going to be the complex league mets watching the complex league mets this year was just nuts because they were one of the most dominant player development teams we've seen and then the trade deadline comes along and they get even stronger um and then you know unfortunately they lost in the one championship. game playoff oh one game playoff they lost but it was, oh no, it was not the championship. It was the first round of the playoffs, yeah, right? It's the Braves, yep. But it was, uh, it was just really fun to, to keep up with this team. And then at the end of their season to see those guys kind of splinter off and then go help teams like the PSL Mets. Mm -hmm. Some of them even went to Brooklyn, correct? At some point, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was just really fun to see that. And then I'm going to throw in my favorite moment of the season, actually. What was that? Mail carrier or dead. Mm. Mail Carrier Dead was a moment we saw during the Akron game, right? Yes, Akron Rubber Ducks in Akron, yep. It was in Akron. We were watching on the stream. It was a Christian Scott start. I believe it, it was one of his first starts. It was one of his first starts and because it was right before we interviewed him. So we were watching. Correct. We were really keeping up. We watched that whole game pretty intently yep. just because we were talking to him the next mm -hmm. day. 
And one of the in-game th- features they had was a game called Mail Mail Carrier or Dead, where they just showed pictures of mailmen or dead people and asked the audience to guess what it was. And then one of them was Betty White, and it just felt a little too recent. Yeah, it was no good. Just bizarre. Just it, it was bizarre, but it was so bizarre. much fun. And we've actually asked separately, not just me, we've asked every player we've talked to who was on the team at that time if they noticed it. And, of course, none of them did because they're like, bro, we were playing they're baseball. Lo- they're locked in. They're locked in. Maybe we raise some awareness, though. Next time they go to Akron, they'll have an idea to just, uh, you know, keep an eye out for the, uh, the goofy stuff they're doing there at the rubber duck game. All right, am I up next? You're up next. You get two picks, and then I get one, and then we close it out. All right. I'm going to go to player-oriented ones. My first one is going to be Jeffrey Rosa and his Barry Bonds-type display of power during the summer of 2023. Every single day, it felt like Jeffrey Rosa was hitting home runs. Every single day, we were talking about it. He hit more home runs in the DSL than any player has since at least 2005. He made history. That's how far Fangraphs goes back, at least in the DSL. Um, so Jeffrey Rosa, his home run barrage, that's one of mine. The next one is Jet Williams and all that Jet Williams did. That's a good one, dude. I mean, how could we not? It's kind oh. of how did, that's like Blade Tidwell falling to gonna, the second round there. I was gonna take I was gonna take Jet Williams with my I'm sorry. I got a steal late here. Yeah. Kind of like the Mets got a steal 14th overall in the 2022 draft because Jet Williams is a premier prospect in the sport. He started the year at low A. And if you're a batting average guy, you might have been underwhelmed by the season, although he was reaching base nearly half the time. But he gets on base with his legs. He puts the ball in play. He has an elite eye at the plate. He goes to Brooklyn, Vito, against tougher competition, pitching-wise, and he goes off. The power numbers spike, by the way, at a very, very hard stadium to hit in. Very hard. Very hard very to hit windy. in. Very windy. Very windy. Coming off. out from the – it's very hard. Oh, it's impossible. I mean, that's why park, park factors go into a lot of the expected statistics that you see. You got to account for that. Jet Williams, he totally bucked that trend, though. He went off offensively, continued to get on base at close to a 500 clip. And then, after the Brooklyn season ended, the Mets gave him one last challenge. And the 19-year-old stud middle infielder who could also play center field joins the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and in game one against Somerset, hits a massive three-run shot off the big scoreboard out there in left field. Welcome to double-A kid. 19 years old. He was so good. It's so much fun to watch this guy. I don't even know what to expect in in the second full year of his professional career. But boy, oh boy, was it fun just talking about him all the time. The Mets have a stud on their hands in Jet Williams. And the breakout was in 2023, and we were all over it. And I just got myself a steal in this draft. You did. I mean, that was a crazy late draft acquisition. Um, And before this podcast, I said to John, I was like, oh, we definitely got to talk about how he's basically been on – base half the time and then John said 500, 500. yeah well, and then and then he said exactly what I wanted to say because I said doesn't half sound better well the best my favorite part about Jet Williams by the way my favorite Jet Williams moment from the whole season was one that Vito and I interacted with him and we asked about uh the origin of his name Jet right yeah and um he told us how he was he, his parents came up with the name Jet because his dad wanted to just think of something that was going to be really cool for a PA announcer to say when he's stepping up to the plate and they came up with Jet. No relation to New York Jets, but it was just a really cool moment, a, a really cool back and forth, and the veto had a funny comment. And, um, yeah, also we told us Robinson Chirinos is one of his mentors. Yeah. Former Texas Rangers catcher. Didn't see that one coming, but 
I guess it makes sense, a Texas connection. And you know what? Anytime I've told fans about Jet Williams, for anybody who doesn't know him, mm -hmm. they've said that's such a cool name. It is a cool name. And I've told them his, that's what his dad, that was his dad's whole idea. You know what that name sounds like? What? 200 hits in a season. I was going to say Matt. Matt Williams. M-E-T-T. Matt, Matt, Matt. All right, what's your last pick? Right. Let's hear it. I'm going to do, do two quick ones because one is a real one and one is just a joke one. Okay. Spring training, where yep. this podcast really got its origins. Yes, we sir. went down to Port St. Lucie for spring training, interviewed a ton of players. Yes. Uh, thank you to Andrew Christie. Really Big helped us out. shout out to Andrew Christie. Andrew, one of the best. One of the best. Could not have done this without Andrew Christie. Just introducing us to guys and like really helping them know that they could be comfortable with us. Mm -hmm. but we had a lot of fun in Port St. Lucie getting to know these guys. And... Um, Obviously, you, the, the, the baseball fan, you don't get to get um, a relationship with these guys. So sometimes they just feel like names on a paper of like, what, like, I, I can't, how am I supposed to take seriously somebody in the complex league Mets right now? Sure. What was really cool about that was in the beginning of the season, we met these guys, we got to put faces to the names, and it just made it that much more fun to talk about it every night because, like, I did feel like you're just rooting for them because you, you got to know them. And yeah. um, we learned a lot about these guys there. And then my final thing was um, learning that John thought it was repertoire. You're making, the, you're making fun of the way I say that repertoire. word? Whatever. Repertoire. This is how we're going to end the year? And uh, you know what? Yeah, repertoire. repertoire. I just repertoire. say repertoire. I don't know. You know what? But back to spring training, I will say one nice moment. Me and John went to John's favorite restaurant, Kyle G's. We did. I came back from the bathroom, and there was a, there was a cake with a candle in it. And the waitress said, I heard you guys started a podcast today. And then I looked up and John was smiling and, and he had set that up. So that was, that was a nice moment we had at spring training this year. John, happy new year. Love you, buddy. Happy new year. I love you too. Bigger and better in 2024. Let's go, Mets. The future of Flushing is bright. Stock music time, please.